0: As a foreign language, this the 301st episode. Every now and then we get a behemoth, a titan of industry on the show. Let me tell you, our guest today is going to absolutely shock and awe you. If I went over all of the names uh in his profile, you would say, What? Oh, I don't know. Names like Woody Harrelson, does that ring a bell? Rod Stewart, anyone? Um, he is an absolute player in the game, consulting, speaking. All over the world, sometimes backstage, I'll have a conversation with somebody and you just get a sense. You ever get that sense? I got that sense, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the incredible soul, the man himself, near Bashan. Let's go. Hi, everybody. So, um, you mentioned that you spark people's creativity. How do you do that? What should people do?
1: Yeah, so I I... Believe that everybody on earth is born creative, right? I think that every soul and every human being yearns for creativity, right? Yearns to solve problems in a different way. If you doubt it, look at your kids or your friend's kids, if you don't have kids, right? And we get toys all the time from Amazon or whatever. The box comes in, you know, my son, he's four. He'll rip open the box, take the toy out put it next to the box and play with the box for an hour, right? So what has happened to us? I want to know. So I've spent my whole life devoted toward the goal of realizing why it is that we've stopped being creative and seeing boxes as wonderful castles and airplanes and these amazing things and why we've gotten so jaded and analytical. And that's kind of, that's
0: kind of my, uh, my mission in life is to help people rediscover creativity. Mm, i love that so imagination obviously there's that einstein quote that everyone loves um more important than knowledge um to what degree are you able to quiet your mind that's the first question and then the second question is um when you envision things do you do it throughout the day or do you allot like a certain period of your day to, to sit down and, and to visualize what you want
1: Yeah, so great question. I wrote a book called The Creator Mindset, which is 92 tools to unlock the secrets of innovation, growth, and sustainability. The book's available anywhere in the U.S. and Barnes & Noble and on Amazon, Walmart, anywhere you want to buy books. And the book comes up with a recipe on how to be creative. A lot of people think, oh, near you know, it's visioning, right? I, I vision stuff once a week or once a month or once a quarter. And yeah, I get an idea. Or people tell me, oh, near, I got it. I'm creative. I take a walk every Tuesday at sundown and I come up with an idea. But what my system is, it's a method of repeatable success whenever it is that you want it. It's a method of being able to pull it up during the day while we're in endless back to back meetings and saying, man, I need a fresh idea to go into this meeting to to present to this group to you know sort of come up with a, a new and a fresh way to look at something well it turns out that creativity is a system like anything else and it's a system that anybody can practice you just need to learn the ropes and then uh run off and do it
0: mm-hmm. yeah i love that it's it's almost like uh i was i'm reminded someone was talking on tiktok the other day about how we're all gandalf <laughs> <laughs> Which is to say, you know, the closest thing I've ever come to, to magic in my life is my mind and my imagination and what when, and when I'm willing to let it do. So do you ever find yourself chatting with folks where where they get into a little bit of scary territory, where the mind opens up and, you know, there's some things in there that are not, you know, the all angels and unicorn giggles?
1: Oh, <laughs> I love it. Of course. Yes. Yes. There is other things than angels and unicorn giggles in the mind and unleashing that, I think it's essential. So we've spent too much time developing the analytical side. We're all very good at measuring things and assigning numbers to something and all that. And then we're not so good at the other side. Um, we need to let out the creative side in order to do better at work, better in business and and that sort of thing. So yes, absolutely. I've dealt and consulted with people many, many times where they go, ah, this creative stuff is too much here. I don't I'm not a musician. I don't, you know, paint landscape. I don't do dance. Uh, you know, I'm a controller at a at a waste restoration company or whatever it is. And this stuff is too far out there. Well, it's really not. It's not far out there. It really is skills and principles that you can apply at work. And they end up doing really, really well for you, right? Because you start to think a little bit differently than the competition. You start to do things a little bit differently. And it adds up pretty soon. You are introducing a new product or service, or you are sort of changing the paradigm within your, your particular vertical. I'll give you an example. I did a disaster restoration conference. And then after the conference, I did some consulting for some of the companies that were there. They were like, this is great. You know, creativity in in our business, nobody does it. And a few of them were like, we could do it. Maybe we can make money. Right. So one of the companies that I work with, they were like, you know, we, we need to come up with, uh, uh, we need to change the model. We're not converting enough sales. That's what it was. We're not converting enough sales. I said, okay, how did it work? They are like, well, we get a lead and we don't convert it enough. Help us convert it. I said, okay, let's look into it. So we started to look into it and, you know, they were doing things the same way they've been doing since like 1947 or something like that. It was crazy. And I said, why are you guys doing this? They're like, cause it's industry standard. Why would we ever change? And I'm like, well, that's the definition of creativity, dealing with change and, and coming up with something new. so, we tried a, a small system where instead of doing kind of a lump sum, okay, grandma burnt the turkey during Thanksgiving, then we have drywall damage and water damage or whatever from the from the little fire that happened here the lump sum. instead of doing that, we I said, why don't we go to an a la carte model and let the let the customer pick what they want to do, right? Okay, firewall uh, uh, you know, drywall, okay, check. We don't want paint, but we do want the water to be taken out or whatever it was, right? We sort of went through an a la carte model. They were like, it'll never work. And they got so uncomfortable, super uncomfortable, right? This is that stuff coming out that they were like afraid of because it was creativity and, and all of the things that have been shoved down and stuffed deep within us. And so I said, okay, let's just try it on a couple of customers. It did incredibly well because the customers felt empowered To make decisions on what they would want to do. And eventually we rolled it out and the bottom line grew because if you added all the a la carte stuff, it came out to be more than what the lump sum would have been anyway. Because there was a couple of fluff or extra services on there and people felt good about it because it was their own choice to do it. And ended up spending more money. So that's just one example of thousands that, that I see where people let out those unicorns and those things that they're worried about getting out there into the world. But it turns out that we need to do that. It's important for us to push ourselves in order to do that.
0: I love it. I'm inspired. Literally you, you've given me the gift of seeing a menu for my company um, where like, uh, oh, welcome to Send It Rising, please have a seat. And then, you know, here's your your menu. And then the menu has everything that we offer on it and nice, fancy, it's all, you know, whatever, but it's digital marketing, but a digital marketing menu. And just give that to a client and say, you know, what 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 are you hungry for? You know, here's here's what it is.
1: It's okay to do that. It's okay to give a menu out. It's okay to not have that customer, you know give you 10, 100, a $1 million dollars up front, it's okay to earn that business over time and this is one simple vehicle that'll allow you to do that.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it could be something where I just develop a new proposal and it just looks cuz what happens traditionally and this is almost every digital marketing company on the planet is you got like company X and they're usually like we'll build 500 links for you and it's garbage and everyone hates it, but they give you fixed prices and those are this rough, you know, and then you've got your agencies who are like, okay, we're going to give you a prescription as if you were a patient. And then this is what we recommend. Um, Usually clients want that because it it comes across with a sort of like, you're the expert you tell me. Um, But I do think um, you could have the menu and then the waiter us would stand there and basically say this is what we recommend right here's the menu here's the recommended dishes for the nut tonight so we can still have that sort of expertise um but still be very transparent about pricing that could be an interesting way to move forward
1: no doubt it's time to look at your business model no matter what you do and explore different manifestations of what it is that you do with creativity we're talking about you know billing now or invoicing or sales or whatnot. Um, I have a dry cleaner up the street from the house that does à la carte, uh, that does lump sum dry cleaning. Can you imagine how awesome that is? And, and they're really busy. They're expanding because, you know, $18 a shirt, $10 a skirt or whatever they charge is like kind of the model for a hundred years. Right. But this guy over here is saying $39 a month, come every day if you want. There are some people Uh, that come every day. There are some people that come every day. Yep. He, you're not going to make, you know, probably a good, a healthy margin. You might even lose on them. But then there's people like me who come in once a month. And I just like the fact that I don't have to sit there and count the shirts and count the whatever it's, it's a built-in model. I take my stuff. He makes money. He's happy. I'm happy. Cause I don't have to sit there and, you know, do the whole thing. I pay it every month. Some months I don't, especially since COVID now, I used you wear wear suit every day now, it's a, and I oh, yeah. thirty nine bucks a I month. I hope you don't wear a suit every day. No, <laughs> I but, would you know, <laughs> It's easy, so I, I I recommend that you leave no stone unturned today, as you look at your business in a creative way
0: yeah no I, I really do love that and it's so funny to me because i i get attached so i'm i'm an everything i'm a hindu buddhist christian atheist agnostic um and it to me i move through life and there are these chapters in my life right and and clinging to an old chapter is ridiculous hoping for a future chapter is all is equally as ridiculous um, and in this current chapter, I find myself um, very much in, in your mindset, which is this sort of creative, no, Kellen, take responsibility for the thoughts that are crossing your mind. Be actively engaged. It's like sitting there expecting to like get a six pack and never doing a sit up. You know, it's just like hoping that that'll happen. Um, but it's the mental <laughs> version of that, which is no, Kellen, you need to th- you need to use your head. OK, um, what's the quote? The mind is a uh, an excellent um, Ma- what is it? It's a terrible master, but an excellent something. I don't know. The point of the, the quote is that you should really focus and actually use your mind as opposed to having it control you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It, it really is about. Uh, so, you know, we we did a lot of research and I published with McGraw Hill and, and I thought, yeah, you know, I could kind of put some stuff down on the page. Everything I put down on the page had to be verified, right? Had to be triple checked and I had to have attribution. It was a very, it was a steep learning curve working with a major publisher, right? And so I had to do a ton of research. I couldn't just say something in the book without backing it up. And when I did the research, I learned that just as you're saying, the mind is really split up into two hemispheres. Yeah, there's some crossover, but one is is overly analytic and one is, overtly creative. And in order to sort of use your potential to its fullest, you have to learn how to fuse the two together. It's not about getting rid of analytics. It's not about getting rid of creativity. It's about fusing the two together into a super unit to be able to solve problems. And I work all the time with people, usually in the financial services sector where they tell me near, you know, this, this creative stuff, I have a Q, you know, three report to deliver, and I just I can't get sucked into it, and it's not going to help me, and on and on. And I tell him, okay, how many times do, are the numbers that you're working on now representative of what the business is doing right now? And they're like, it it doesn't. Those are snapshots from the past,
0: <laughs> mm. you know. And I'm like,
1: okay, so how good is the information that's getting to the shareholders? How good is the information that's getting to, you know, somebody making the decisions based on that, somebody who's steering the ship based on stuff that's happening in the past? Like, you know, how good is that stuff? And they start to go, yes, okay, I get it. I need to start using a different part of my brain to figure out how to get the right information across the board to the right people at the right time. And, you know, I work with CEOs, too, who, who lead companies who tell me the same thing. You know, Nira, I here's where my P&L sheet is. This is where we're going based on this. And I'm like, dude, that based on that is it happened six months ago. If you're lucky, you know, a year ago. And so we can't keep leading our lives by what's going on in the rearview mirror. You have to, yes, you have to operate as a super unit. You have to step up the capabilities of the mind to be able to deal with both change, which is happening now, at uh, the most rapid rate that it's happened ever and to be able to deal with opportunity. So being creative is a tool that will help you deal with both things, elevate your thinking in order to solve problems that nobody else can solve.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it, to me, it, it, it's psychological. You could make a spiritual argument for me. The primary driver is, is that, Okay. I was at a BNI Speed Networking thing the other day, and there's a gentleman who is just absolutely, he's got the je ne sais quoi. What is it about this guy? Now, my Buddhism has taught me that this dude has suffered. Everyone has suffered. You have suffered incredibly, near, Incredibly. Um, and so this guy, I'm just like, but his particular brand of suffering, there's something about it, right? And so... I was like, what is it about you? You're so selfless and not in sort of like, I'm trying to be selfless, but genuine selflessness. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I feel really like warm and fuzzy being around you. What is it about you? And he's like, uh, he's like my, I had a paraplegic father from six to 16. And he's like, I'll never forget. I was, I was pushing him in his wheelchair one day and he had his umbrella up and the, the rain kept spattering me in the face and he was drying. I was drenched. And my dad was like, how you doing back there, bud? And he's like, I'm good. I'm good because who cares about being wet? Like that doesn't, you know, you're warm and happy because of the service, because of what you're doing for that other human being. And when it comes to creativity, those two worlds for me are, they're inseparable, right? What someone has gone through and their willingness to take these, these mental and heart jumps to go, you know what, I'm gonna, I am going to i am going to try something. It's, it's like a leap of faith in many ways, you know, because it's the future. And when we look at chess, yeah when when the game begins there's only so many potentialities but by move five it's already beyond human comprehension of what you know and then you go in, into intuition and and experience and and as you move forward it, it's really scary so you're dealing with fear you're dealing with something that you know works and has a somewhat predictable result so why would you ever change that right it could go bad it could go bad near <laughs> So, so, how much of this is you extracting you know or getting in contact with another soul um, on a really profound level and and having them have faith in their own ability?
1: I think it's a hundred percent the game. I mean it is awakening the spirit that somebody has within them to solve problems creatively. Um, we did extensive research like i, t- I said earlier um, I worked with some leading scientists who were talking about how babies can solve problems creatively before even language skills take place. Cheerios in a bottle, experimentations, and it's just incredible. And so we need to reawaken that sense of humanity, being able to solve different kinds of problems, because I think it tied into our very survival We wouldn't have been here if somebody didn't get creative and say, you know what? That dirty water, if I put it through a charcoal thing, I can drink it and live, right? That's a creative decision. And those things have bought us to modernity. Those things have bought us to be able to survive today. Uh, The cave woman who put a spear on the end of her stick and was able to fight off a beast. I mean, you know, 50, 60, 70,000 years ago, people would die at like 20. And they'd be like great grandmas by then, you know. Um, today, the the it's just off the chart, like this, the lifespan of people off the charts, right, compared to even 100 years ago. And there's a very good reason for that. And the reason is that somebody at some point got really creative, whether it's in medicine, whether it's in food, whether it's in air conditioning and, and heating, you know. Somebody got incredibly creative, and now we're able – to live in Orlando where it's a hundred and like one degrees today with 95% humidity. I mean, we wouldn't be able to do the thing. We stand on the backs of giants and we don't realize that enough. We don't appreciate it enough. We don't understand it enough. We have too much victim mentality today. People like exactly what you were talking about earlier. People are like, well, I had a paraplegic father. So, you know, screw the system. They screwed me. It's that fault and that fault and that guy and that gal and they screwed me. And and what do you do with that? Do you come up with creative ideas? Absolutely not. It's a negative mentality. Any negative mentality produces zero innovation, zero creativity, zero problem solving. When, like your friend, you go, you know what? This has happened to me and this is how I'm going to look at it and this is how I'm going to move forward. You get innovation creativity and uh, wonderful things that human beings need a perspective like hey I'm gonna get ret- wet being you know rained on but knowing that I'm providing this service or this thing uh, is an incredible incredible takeaway from something like that you could look at it in the negative way or you could look at it in the positive way so I'm on a uh, trek a mission to get people to start. To think about life in a more positive way, to be able to extract problem solving skills that will elevate all of us, not just the particular person who's doing it, which it will certainly elevate, but it will enable the next great innovation, the next big thing, the next big piece of technology that will make our lives hopefully better.
0: Hmm. Yeah, suffering is grace. It's it in the moment. I'm the biggest hypocrite on the planet, right? When I'm suffering, legitimate suffering. I'm. I'm. It. I want nothing more than for it to go away, and I want nothing more than to wave my magic wand and have all suffering for all beings and all universes disappear right now. Um. That being said, like when we look at Mario running around, every everything's trying to kill Mario, right? Like he's trying to jump, he's trying to jump over the pits and stuff. Everything's trying to kill Mario. Um, but the game is is teaching you something. it's It's increasing in complexity. Um, when we attach ourselves to thinking that we're Mario and he falls down a pit, we're like, oh, no, I'm dead. No, you're not dead. That's Mario. You're playing a character, okay? and the the greatest among us are able to see that first of all, they go, okay, wait, I'm not Mario. You're not even the same cells you were seven years ago, right? The cells like change, you know you are literally not even the same person. That person's dead by all stretches, you know the imagination. And so, So I think you and I are of like mind um, when it comes to wanting to wake up ourselves, but also, you know, use creativity to alleviate suffering. That's the goal, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And, you know, I just read a, God, I forgot who the author was. It was called Fortitude. Uh, Dan, um, I forgot his name. He talks a lot about suffering in the book. (laughs) Like literally (laughs) the whole book. It's like, he's like the Buddha. 80% of it is like, this is how shitty life is. And then like 20% was like, either look at it positively or not. And if you look at it positively, these are the amazing potentials for solving problems that you can, that you can extract from that. And I'm on the same wavelength. I think Dan Crenshaw is the guy's name Mm. and I'm on the same page. Like you have to understand why it is that you're going through what you're going through. and you have to assign it a positive, outcome anybody can assign it negatively I, I'll, I'll tell you something interesting in the book i talk about language and how to use the language of positivity when we're describing something i work with a lot of managers and manager to maintain teams i worked in corporate america for a long time i've hired probably a thousand people in my mm-hmm. career i sat down and i had to count it because mcgraw wanted a reference on it Uh, of course they did of course they did yeah Yeah. i'm like are you serious they're like count dude they are no joke and it's right no and it's right about a thousand and so um you know hiring uh people when you when you hire them you have to you know sort of deal with different personalities different motivations and stuff like that and then the way people talk is incredibly interesting to me because you would hear something framed in a way that it was either positive or negative, but most of the time it was negative. So I started doing some research. I was like, maybe English is a negative language, right? Oh, That's a fair assumption. I like I, this. I like where you're going you know, with this. So I started to look into it and I said, okay, English is a negative language. So I did some research, had some people on the team help me out. And we found that for every word that it's positive in English, there is six other words that are negative. So for every good, there is bad, ugly, terrible, horrible, whatever it is. Right. And for every, you know, so that, that's the ratio to one to six. I was like, total English thing. I bet French, the language of love, yeah. has like a lot of positivity in it, right? Wow. So we looked at that, and then we looked at almost every language in the U.S. that we can get access to. I think we did something like... uh uh, 70 plus languages. And we found that in every single language that we looked at, there is more words for negative than there are for positive. Every single language. Some of the ratios change, but it was always about five to one, six to one. Isn't that amazing? so That is absolutely fantastic information. It, it's, it's your choice on how to use language as either a thing for positivity or a thing for negativity and it is set up far greater for harnessing and supporting negativity so Mm. you make a choice every day by what you say and and people tell me all the time here what's one thing i could do right now i'm listening this sounds great i want to be more creative what can i do right so what you can do is you can monitor the language that you use when you're speaking Mm -hmm. and choose the positive words as they come out instead of the negative ones if you do that for a day or an hour or 10 minutes on your next conference call or your next meeting or whatever it is that you, you know, picking up your kids from school, you will notice an incredible explosion of creativity. Your mind will start to go, wow, this is kind of cool. I really enjoy looking at things and, and measuring words to be more positive than negative. And in that is is just amazing creativity.
0: I absolutely love that. I really do. Um, so the opening line of the Bible, there's a TikTok on this. It's, it's fascinating. He says it's not in the beginning. He said it's in a beginning. It's a mistranslation. So in a beginning, uh, there was the word and the word was God. That was the right. The word. Okay. Uh, so we're talking about the word here. We've known this for a long time. Um, I have an inner dialogue. You have an inner dialogue. Um, and I'm telling you, it isn't, that is just the game to me is playing in that space of how I talk to myself sometimes out loud when I'm walking. Yeah. I don't know if you do that, but I definitely will find myself literally talking to myself out loud. Um, and we all got that, that internal dialogue and, you know, it can feel, man, it's, it, it's a lifelong journey. I'll put it to you that way. It is a lifelong journey to continue to have a, a narrative that we can be proud of to have a narr- an internal narrative we can be proud of so i know it's you
1: never too late you can decide right now hey i'm tired of being the guy with the paraplegic dad who complained about it because i didn't get opportunities you could decide that now and say i am ready for a change i am ready to transcend i am ready to move beyond the place where i am now you do it through the language of positivity and you do it through action right it, it really is not about what you say to what you do but what you say can certainly influence what you do you make that decision and you go for it
0: there's no question and we we could talk for hours um double slit experiment everything going on with that that world manifesting you know the our ability to now measure the impact of thoughts over great distances uh quantum superposition uh atoms like on the other side of the universe moving because this one did I mean, it's, I, I'm fascinated by all of it. Janine, thank you very much for the comment. What a blessing this is for me today. Thank you for taking the time to, to let us know. Uh, I feel the same way. So, Near, I know you, you've got lots going on today. So uh, give the fine folks final words of wisdom and let them know where they can reach you.
1: Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me. This has been a blast. Uh, my book's called The Creator Mindset. If any of this sounds good, it's on Amazon, um, Barnes & Noble, Walmart. Uh, I'd love for you to pick up a copy. Uh, I'm found every uh, I'm on social and Twitter and Insta and all that stuff. My name is Near N I R Bashan B A S H A N. You can go to my website, nearbashan.com, and check it out. If if you like what you're hearing, I'd love to hear from you. Shoot me an email. I'm really easy to get a hold of.
0: Love it. 1030 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, YouTube.com forward slash send it rising if you're listening to us now. We love you. If you're listening to us like most folks do, after the facts, iTunes, Spotify, and 12 other podcast platforms. We appreciate you, Near. You're a scholar and a saint. We'll talk to y'all later. Bye, guys. Thanks.